Hi, I'm Lossie. I'm event managing this event. I want to say thank you so much for coming. It's what I hope will be a really, well, I know because I've seen the rehearsal, will be a really um, great event. I just want to do a quick thank you to our sponsors. So firstly, thank you to Seven Print, who I know are here, for printing our beautiful, beautiful uh, winners uh, booklet, which has copies of all of the poems of all of our winners in. I think most people have one, and if you don't, they're available just outside. So thank you so much for that. Um, and also thank you to Arts Council England for uh, sponsoring the whole event. Um, so, without further ado, I will pass you over to our uh, manager of the Poetry Festival, Philippa Slinger, who will be hosting the event, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you, Lottie, and welcome, everyone. It's really nice to see all your faces here. I know some people have travelled quite a long way to be here, so thank you to you who've come. Um, I'm here in the place of Fiona Sampson, who was this year's judge. It's customary for the judge to host the winner's event after you know, the previous year. And unfortunately, Fiona can't be here. She's had an exceptionally busy year, and she is exceptionally busy herself, but this last 12 months has been extraordinary for her. She's put out a book. Uh, she's an editor in two continents. And uh, she's just been very, very busy. So it's her apologies from her that she's not here. And uh, you've got me instead. But I happen to know quite a lot about the poetry competition because I'm the one who uh, administrates it all year. In fact, um, I'll just say, a lot of people ask me, do you work all year round? And yes, indeed, certainly, I work all year round. Uh, the poetry competition is just one aspect of the festival. We have a very busy, come on in, a very busy community program. We have a, a, a schools program. We have a new writers program. So we have activities and events for all those people all throughout the year, as well as developing and um, getting the festival going, the 10-day festival. So it really is um, a full-time job, which I really enjoy. Um, so I thought I'd talk you through how the competition works. Uh, we choose a judge, and the judges can be very varied. Uh, obviously, last year's was Fiona Sampson. The previous winners have been Caroline Duffy, Ian McMillan, this year's judge is a lovely young judge called Nia Davis, and I do urge you to uh, enter this year's competition. It closes on the 12th of July. Why does the closing date is the closing date after the festival finishes? Because we have nearly had our website crash with the number of entries coming in at the last minute. <laughs> so we've had to put the closing date after the festival finishes. So I do urge you to please get your uh, entries in this year. And Nia Davis is the judge. So back to Fiona. Um, she really, really loved, sorry, back to the, 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 how the competition works. So we choose a judge and then we do the publicity for the competition and uh, entries start coming in. We're a skeleton staff back at the office, so we rely really heavily on volunteers, and volunteers read each one, count the lines, and put them in their various categories. We are increasingly international. In fact, two of the adult winners this year were American, 
Uh, we've had winners in previous years from Australia, Singapore, um, again, America. So it is an international competition which just shows how well you've done, those of you who are here who've won. So congratulations to you all. It is a worldwide field. So really, really well done. So um, I will talk now a little bit about Fiona. Um, should the judge does read every poem, although the volunteers um, put them on the system, the judge actually reads each and every poem. And just as an indication of how deeply the poems are read, this year Fiona got back to me, I'd posted all the entries to her, and there was a child, there were a number of children's entries, which because they're blind, Fiona couldn't see that they were by the same person, but they clearly sort of seemed to be written by the same person. That wasn't a problem. But she said, it really doesn't sound like a child's voice. Can you check? So I then looked up the numbers of the poems and got in touch with the person. And indeed, it was a 22-year-old who had mistakenly entered as a child um, the, and to, didn't uh, enter their sort of prize, um, pay their fee. <laughs> I, I'm sure it was a mistake. But, um, so I, I offered her to, to enter as an adult, and, and she took up the offer. But that's just an indication that each poem is read and how the judge really does get uh, intensively into reading through them and really sort of getting a grip on, on the poems. So... Again, well done. You know, again, an indication of how, how, how well done the winners have done to get through that sift, you know, that intensive sift. Particularly with someone like Fiona who is just such, has such meticulous attention to detail. Um, so, I'm going to read. I know a lot of you have these lovely booklets in front of you made by Seven Print. But uh, this event is going to be a podcast, so I will be reading through some of the things on, on the, on the uh, brochure just, just to, for the benefit of those listening at home. Um, but before that, I want to tell you a bit about Fiona. Fiona has been involved with the festival since it started um, 21 years ago, 22 years ago. She was one of the community poets. She's been the po one of the poet, poets in residence. And I brought that up because I think Ledbury Poetry Festival competition is unique in that it offers that legacy. Once you've been a winner in the festival, you're really part of the festival for the generations to come. Uh, so Fiona's been back as a judge because she's been involved in the festival. But previous competition winners, some of the child winners have come back as interns. Uh, some of the child winners or young people winners have come back as adult poets, as poets in residence. They've been guest curators. We really do um, keep our ears pricked for previous winners. Uh, an example is um, Jade Cuttle, uh, who's doing quite a lot of events this year. Um, she was a young person winner 
um, several years ago and has been a Foyle's Young Poet winner. Um, and so it's just to show you that we do really keep in touch. We've got Maitreya Bandhu is one of our previous winners, um, T.S. Eliot winner uh, Jacob Polly, to name but a few. But it's just we are more than a competition. I think that's what I'm trying to say. We're more than a competition. Once you win, you become part of our sort of family or part of our community. And we really do try and work with you and develop your careers as you progress. So I was going to tell you about Fiona and just an example of um, how far back Fiona goes. Uh, we have this beautiful anthology. It's now reduced to five pounds, I have to tell you, after being ten pounds, uh, because it commemorated 20 years of the festival. It is full of absolute gems of poetry, all unpublished. So it's a really lovely anthology. I urge you to buy it. Um, and here are all, all, people who, all poets who had appeared at the festival in the last 20 years were invited to submit a poem and recollections of Ledbury. And these are, this is Fiona's recollections going back all that time. In 1996, I was running what was then the only poetry festival in Wales. It was an exciting time, the start of my interest in international writing and of a life spent advocating the poetry and poets I believe in. I was very young and very optimistic when two fellow enthusiasts from Ledbury crossed the mountains to pick my brains about how to make a festival work. I was delighted, the more the merrier. And for the next few years, I spent the first week of each July in sheltered housing at Ledbury, where I'd work in a community residency among older people. It seemed that it was always sunny. <laughs> Even the cottage hospital had a cheerful hum. Enthusiasts invited us into their homes and read us their poems. At the end of the week, we'd have a tea party in the day room of the sheltered housing complex and everyone would read their work or we would read it for them. I, come, I came to love those long summer evenings when I'd wander the oh-so-walkable streets, the tiny tea room by the festival office. Above all, this was before ubiquitous Wi-Fi, the escape from daily routine. I always wrote masses at Ledbury. Like its audience and audiences and poets, I got to experience a magical summer bubble of poetry. So that's what Fiona said about her time over the years with Ledbury. And this is what she said about judging this competition. This adult competition was amongst the most difficult I've ever had to judge, not because of the sheer number of poems, though there were many, but because there were so many that were of winning calibre. I had many favourites among the last 30 or 40 poems to be whittled down. There were many among these that were highly publishable. It's particularly good to see poetry being entered that's slightly more expansive or even radical in its techniques and that so many of the entrants clearly have a deep engagement with poetry. These poets were, I felt, truly participating in the contemporary poetry world. In the end, though, the winners chose themselves by the sheer communicative power and achievement of their work. So well done, winners. So 
We'll go on now to seeing a mixture of videos and live performances of the winners. The first video I'd like to show you is Jonathan Greenhouse, um, and I'll just read you his bio. Winner of the 2017 Prism Review Poetry Contest, Jonathan Greenhouse's poetry has appeared or is forthcoming in The Dark Horse, The Interpreter's House, New Walk Magazine, Pop Shot, Pushing Out the Boat, The Rialto and Stand, amongst others. His second chapbook, uh, Secret Traits of Everyday Things, was published by Encircle Publications in September. And I happen to know that Jonathan, although he hails from America, did actually come over to, uh, to take up his week's residency at Teenueth, which is another part of the prize. Um, and thank you to Teenueth for sponsoring that. Very rarely do the uh, international poets get the opportunity to take up that prize, so I'm really glad that Jonathan did. Unfortunately, I didn't meet him when he was over, but I do know that he came over for that. But we are now going to hear his um, video. The fire escape, no longer weighed down by tomato plants and basil, lifts up by micromillimeters towards the sky, and the sky looks down, is baffled by the limits it can and cannot know. How here it's the sky, but there it isn't. How a few degrees of air can lessen into nothing. Even a fire can wonder what it is, if it's only the flames or also the smoke, the heat, dissipating into what may be sky, into the fire escape's melted steel. How two things become one, and how a single thing's almost never just one substance but always a little less or more. Always a metamorphosis between what it was and what it'll be. Staring at the sky and the fire and the fire escape, the child only knows he's a child, something not quite adolescent, yet no longer crawling on all fours. He knows and doesn't know how this moment won't ever repeat, how the smoke, which may be or may not be part of the fire, enters his lungs, and how the fire escape, melting into a union with the fire, is no longer an escape, but more like the sky, more like a vast stretch of nothing, serving no use to him, all these things inevitably joining to become one and the same, the boy and the fire, the escape and the sky. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> um, about this poem, Fiona said, This is a vividly ambitious poem, yet, one, yet also one which is completely accessible and which deals with an important immediate subject. Its language is living and completely contemporary, but at the same time, timeless and full of gravity. The writer begins by being profoundly visual and philosophical, then raises the stakes to tragedy with complete conviction. And second prize winner was Anna Woodford. Anna is really gutted she's not here today. She would really love to be here today. Um, but we actually have something I've never seen before in this event, um, and that is an anim animation of her poem. So I really hope you enjoy that. And I'll just tell you a little bit about Anna. 
She's currently poet in residence at the Co-Motion Research Project based at the Universities of Newcastle and York. She recently received an award from the Society of Authors, Authors towards the development of her second poetry collection. Her first collection won the Crashaw Prize and was included in the Guardian's Roundup of the Best Poetry Books of the Year. Her pamphlets Party Piece, Trailer and The Higgins Honeymoon won the Poetry Business Award, a PBS Pamphlet Choice and an Eric Gregory Award, respectively. She has been widely published in Poetry Review, Rialto, Stand and the TLS, among others. And so we're going to see her animation of her poem called Work. Thank you. Work. These are the things I never wrote about. The Neurofen, the smiley mug, postscript by Seamus Heaney, blue tack to my bit of wall. Nick hovering in the office doorway as though he wasn't the boss. Nick in his slippers sometimes. The in-tray where my twenties were to do. The little window in the computer room overlooking the houses I dreamed about living in with my ex. The clock where it was never home or lunch. The clock whose hands I hung off like the silent movie star in the poster stuck in a hazy freshers week bedroom. In those days when nothing was connected, still the slowest modem in the world. The work skirt, mum's cardi, the clogs with gold studs I remember in detail, as if my history were no more substantial. My getting the milk and phone. Hello, Gateway Communications. The cheese bites, strawberries dipped in chocolate, lunches with lots of knives and glasses on our birthdays when what we wanted was a day off. The tea meeting, the low ceiling, Nick singing, here comes my happiness again, again and again. These are the things I never wrote about when I was starting to write, or maybe it was before my pen was my own, and writing was copy for Leech Holmes, and press releases pending the one tick, two ticks of approval. The stuff we went through after Nick died. The mountain of stuff he never got on top of, and buried under the weight of everything, that photo of him in his twenties, grinning and sticking up two fingers. So Fiona's comments on that poem. Work is a poem whose wide open diction sounds artless, yet is anything but. It has tremendous clarity and works with great sophistication to portray not just a particular past, but its resonance. The leap to bereavement that occurs near the end of the poem is completely earned and all the more moving for its understatement. Um, and that film was by Kate Sweeney, I forgot to say. So thank you, Anna. The next, the third prize winner in the adults category is from Dana Al-Sam-Sam. She is a queer Syrian-American poet from Chicago who is currently an MFA candidate at Emerson College in Boston. She is the assistant poetry editor at Redivider and senior editorial assistant at Plowshares. Dana's poems are published or forthcoming in Hooligan Mag, After Hours Chicago, 
Lefemur Review, Daphne Mag, Blood Orange Review, Bad Pony Mag, and others. She also has a Twitter and Instagram account. So here is Dana um, reading Nana Says. Hi, everyone. My name is Dana. I'm sorry I can't join you all at the Ledbury Poetry Festival this year. I'm recording this video in my home in Boston where I live and go to school and work. Um, so I'm going to read a poem, my, my poem for you called Nana Says, which won third place in the Ledbury Poetry Competition. Um, for a little bit of background, my father is Syrian and I visited Syria many times as a child and that is where my grandparents lived before the war, um, but they've since been displaced and now live in the United Arab Emirates. So that's what this poem speaks to and is about. Nana says, Nana presents two apricot jam jars, real honey with comb, Nescafe and tea. She gives like she is falling which wouldn't be too hard, close to the ground and delicate as an eggshell, broken by a slim beak of light. Nana fills the fridge and cabinets like the apocalypse is upon us, so we might eat from her hands, her clay-colored plates. It still must feel like home, though this never will be, not really. Not enough life left to spend it dreaming of the scent of Syrian jasmine. Nana says my father is like the maestro, making sure it all goes and goes. Her back hurts, but she rocks to the swill of his careful comfort song. Nana smiles as she proclaims, life is difficult, her dark eyes disappearing beneath practiced skin, staring out at a dusk pink sun setting, sinking. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the rest of the festival. Thank you, Dana. So we move on now to the young people. Uh, this category, category is for 12 to 18 year olds. On judging the youth poems, Fiona said, it's always a pleasure and a privilege to judge youth poetry competitions. The younger poets, those of broadly junior school age tend to playfully, joy, sorry, to play joyfully with words and images. The teenagers are astonishingly frank about their emotional worlds. Both remind us how high the stakes for poetry can and should be. It's astonishing how poetically mature the outstanding entries are and fascinating to see what poetry these young writers might now be exposed to to help them develop further. So our first prize winner is actually here with us today. We get some live poetry um, and, our, and this poet is Eloise Unerman with her poem, The 0452 to Bristol. So can I invite Eloise up to read, please? Zero four fifty two to Bristol. Femininity is wide eyed. 
She is covered in mascara and desperately searching for a train ticket. She's in McDonald's at midnight, giving her last five pounds to smear rebellion red lipstick on a Big Mac. Femininity has taken her high heels off. She is wondering the empty dance floor, torn away sequins, engagement ring confetti stuck to her feet. She is travelling across the country, running from a brown carpeted flat and a man with veins pulsing in the contours of his face. Thank you. Thank you, Eloise. Gosh, isn't it lovely to get live poetry? It really is lovely. Thank you. And I'll just tell you what uh, Fiona said about this poem. Extraordinarily deft and highly anthologizable, far beyond the context of the competition. This is a poem that knows exactly what it's doing, from the clever stanza breaks to the pentameter lines. It uses all that technique with the lightest of touches to give us a series of vivid images, an unflinching political message, and a micro-narrative with a shocking yet unstated ending. So thank you, Eloise. And we're going to be hearing more from Eloise later, later this event. So moving on now to another live performer. We've got Alicia Johnson's husband. Husbands, sorry, who's here today. So can we welcome Alicia to come up and read Agoraphobia? <clears throat> Agoraphobia. Back seat of Dad's car, left side, grubby black leather seats. Sister on the right reading, gazing out the window, humming. The need to impress her. Why does mum never come with us to see granny dad? He fiddles with the radio. Bowie sings about a man who wants to meet me. Your grand don't like strangers. And that's that. Memories fading, but I still see the house. Large, old-fashioned, gloomy. Catch my aunt round the corner coming up from the orchard. Green welly is caked in mud. All right, Rob? All right, girls? It's autumn, cold. Hunch my shoulders closer to my ears, fidget, awkward, hide my face. Sister smiles and Dad speaks for us. Good, aren't we? How's Mum today, Max? Shrouded in black fabric, wispy white hair, observant watery eyes, Granny doesn't speak. We stand in the kitchen, icier than outside, grey floor cracked slabs. Stove looks ancient, blackened, fridge dull white growing grey. Granny trembles, spine curving over, Blue veins peeking against opal. She's offering you a biscuit, take one. Hands extended towards me, shaking. She wets her lips, slow. I mumble, thank you. Chew it silently. It's dry. Bernie's out back, chopping wood. Grants hello when he sees us, unsure. Pass him down to the vegetable garden, ghostly greenhouse at the end. Walk through the gate into the orchard, on a downward slope. Apples, plums, apples, plums, they have a plum left without the stone. Eat it carefully, 
cool juice dribbling over my fingers. Don't bite too close, or it'll turn sour. I'm cold. Dad packs rough green apples into a sack. I want to go home. Sit on my hands on the way back, fingers numbing. Daydream out the glass. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. The fields grow greener as we travel back down the hills. Sky remains a cloudy, distant friend. Suck the shriveled skin on my index finger dry. Brush the edge of my thumb across the valve of my ear. Comforting. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. Thanks. Thank you, Alicia. Beautiful reading. Thank you very, very much. And this is Fiona's comments. This is a richly stuffed narrative of a poem. It's also evocative and musical in its layering of quotations, speech, and inner thought. The long lines are urgent, never dull. A poem that's full of life, but wonderfully artful and sharply observed. Thank you. And we have now another video of Emily Bone uh, reading Hibernaculum. Do we have Emily's parents here? Oh, welcome. Thank you for coming. Great. So we're going to hear Emily um, reading now. Hibernaculum. And here it comes, peeping through under Jack Frost's cloak. One single budding voice probes the stainless silver covering the world like blinding pixie dust. Here it comes, pushing through frozen particles towards the numbed sunlight, waiting behind cloaks of cloud. One determined voice. And here it comes. Up from under Jack Frost's binding spell. From snow to sleet to running water. One little chest puffed and blooming. Here it is. I'm just wondering where was Emily? It took me a, a little while to track Emily down, didn't it? <laughs> she was in South America, wasn't she? She was in Santiago there, is she? Oh, fabulous. Didn't she do well to get us a video? Um, I'll just tell you what Fiona said about uh, hibernaculum. For all the faux sweetness of peeping and Jack Frost, this is a tightly observed, rhythmically sophisticated poem. Its exactitude matches the scale of the plant it's describing, and I'd be eager to see this young poet's take on larger scale subjects too. So watch this space. <laughs> we'll see what comes. So onwards we go now to the children winners, the child winners. And in first place, another live performance, we have Joe Dreyer with his 
poem, Havoc Reigns. So, welcome, Joe. Havoc Reigns, after Ted Hughes. This house coughs and wheezes a silent sound of loneliness unbroken, but not by choice. For the splintered floorboards and broken chairs maroon you on an island that is your own. Windows shatter into a million pieces of glaring glass. But the lighting still hangs, still glows hope. This house is one with memories fresh, but the taste of sweetness is crushed, compressed. The rain thunders down like a whip. The rain is relentless, but a fire can't last forever when every hour is a cold shiver. The chain snaps. The splintered door hangs from a silver hinge like a person hanging from a cliff. This land is butchered, a pig with deep, dark, red gashes. The rain, like silver bullets, hurls to the dust. The trees, fortresses that couldn't fall, now grounded with flimsy branches, no leaves. The ground is upturned, naked, lying there, like bones that are earth's. The mountaintop still trumpets the noise. This land is forgotten, sunken from reality like an old song. But time is gone and cannot be recovered. The land can't grow when it's a fish in the dry, lifeless desert. The hollow house, the hollow land, its life struck down with the crack of a whip and boom of a drum. Thank you. Gosh, well done, Joan. That was lovely reading. Thank you very much. And this is what Fiona said about this poem. Even though I don't much like puns, this is a resonant title for a very ambitious poem. The poet has read ambitiously for someone in the 11 and under group, and their work echoes with Ted Hughes, who I'm sure would be glad of this homage. An adventure into the realm of myth. At the same time, this poem pulls back beautifully from telling us what to think, a rare achievement. Well done, Joe. The second prize is a poem by Ruby Davis. Uh, Ruby can't be here today and she didn't want to send a film and she didn't want her poem read. So we can all read her poem in the booklet. But, uh, you know, it's a beautiful poem and thank you, Ruby, for entering. So the third prize is Naomi Rich. I'll tell you a little bit. No, I'm not going to tell you a bit about Naomi. We're just going to hear Naomi read her poem, Dance. Dance by Naomi Rich. I watch you simmer when you walk. I look at how your feet chuckle together, the clinking of the beat. I see the rhythm in your fingertips, your sweet movement like a flamingo, the skips of the shoes as they sing along, the humming of the robin. Your hips sway with the clicks and the clock ticks within your fingers. As I see your legs bob, the arms jogging along, I see you doing something only I know, dancing.
And Fiona's comments on, on this poem are perfectly evocative. These verbs that cross over the senses from sound to sight and from touch to sight are unexpected, synesthetic metaphors and very original. So well done, Naomi. So those are the competition winning poems. Remember I said that we try and keep um, a relationship with our winners. I then asked Eloise Uneman to be our young poet in residence. We have a, a poet in residence for the, for the festival and we also have a young poet residency scheme. Uh, this scheme means that young poets can go to events of their choosing and, and we ask them to do something a little special for the festival. So I'm really pleased to say that Emily's going to talk a little bit now about uh, the influences and inspirations on her poetry writing. And she's actually written a very special poem just for this event. So welcome back, Eloise, to come back up. Thank you. Just a moment. Uh, this is my first commission, uh, so it's quite an adventure. Um, Ledborough. Ledborough, your words are older than me. Your ink hiding in the wrinkles of pages, of people who have been sowing secrets into verses before I even picked up the hungry caterpillar. Is this to you what it is to me, a line break from the rest of the world, all that isn't poetry? Except... Where I'm from, Yorkshire's pen and ink revolutionaries create metaphors on mobile phones outside of Dave's Chippy, piecing together a rhyme in the rows of Barnsley Market, hiding ballads on stagecoach buses, sweeping lyrics from underneath pub tables. Or we might whisper back a sonnet to those who take care of it in a half-lit cafe in a cosy cluster, a breathless gathering of stanzas, just loud enough to taste. Ledbury, does the, the staccato beat of a slam poem slip through the cracks between the quaint houses, or sway in the flowering hanging baskets, or settle like sugar in the depths of someone's coffee? Does it feel the same as hearing it spoken? Drinking in the story of someone else's home, someone else's dreams, someone else's dinner table fights. And festival poets, do you think in neat couplets, or does every childhood memory rush into one? Do you speak in endless streams of list poems, or puff out the short, sharp breath of a haiku? making ghosts out of grieving similes that evaporate just seconds later. Maybe people are the real poetry, words chained together by linked arms, commas and full stops breaking them up, 
into small pieces for us to keep on our shelves. And good poems like old friends, staying for a brew and to steal a chip, but never really leaving. Thank you. Now, uh, I sometimes think I'm a little bit spoiled with poetry in that the past few years have changed me completely as a writer and it's all happened quite fast. I joined the South Yorkshire Young Writers Network at Hive when I was 14 uh, and that was about four years ago and I wasn't a poet. <laughs> um, I thought poetry was this pretentious, impenetrable rock that you learned about at GCSE and it bored me. I thought prose was more interesting because that was where all the exploring happened. And in that first session, I heard someone read poetry for the first time, like they had a genuine love for it. And it was like opening a door to this whole new world that had been hiding behind a textbook. And um, my writing mentor, Vicky Morris, uh, who has supported me and believed in me through every one of our midnight editing sessions. Uh, she likes to say that talent needs to be enabled. And I think that if no one had shown me that world, I wouldn't be standing here today. And that's why it's so important. Because I can't tell you how grateful I am I've found a home in poetry and the diverse community that surrounds it. Poetry brings people together. It lets you describe things in ways that you otherwise couldn't, to take someone to a hundred places in the space of a page. I find that I'm drawn to the music of poetry, to describing familiar and ordinary things that we wouldn't look twice at in unfamiliar ways. And um, I want to continue to grow as a poet through published work and performances. And I've recently been accepted into the writing squad, which I'm really excited about. And one day I hope to welcome others into this world of poetry. I recently went to talk to Barnes Young Writers, which is part of the Hive Network. And I wanted them to know that you can become a writer even if you live in an area like Barnsley. Because poetry, or writing, is a gift that should be shared. And that's all. Thank you. How lovely. Thank you, Eloise. I hadn't heard that poem. It was like the first time I'd heard that poem. That's really beautiful. I can't wait to hear it again. <laughs> Thank you so much, Eloise, and for talking to us. So um, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Um, Lottie here is one of the festival interns, so I'm going to hand it over to her now to close the event. But thank you, thank you, everyone, for coming from me. And thank you to Seven Print for your beautiful booklets, um, which will be available to everyone else. And if anyone, any winners want to take 
um, a handful for home and family and relatives. Do please take some. And I'm just going to hand over to Lottie now. Thank you. Well, thank you very much to Philippa, who will lean away. Um, I'm sure you can agree is uh, not only a wonderful host, but also is responsible for organizing the entire festival, which is a, a huge kind of ongoing, and um, it's so far working very well. So thank you so much to Philippa for doing that. Uh, thank you all for coming again, and thank you to our poets. I really enjoyed that, and I'm amazed particularly the talent of the young poets, how good they all are. It's amazing. Um, just to let you all know, there's a few short surveys as you go out, um, which um, are really, really quick and would just be super useful for us to um, know how you found the event and kind of why you came and things. They're just outside and our stewards, I'm sure, will be handing them out. Um, and there's also some, um, we've got some collectible Emma Bridgewater mugs, which she designed specifically for the festival, um, available to buy, as well as the anthology that Philippa mentioned earlier and some bowls from previous years. So if anyone would be interested in those, they're just outside and our stewards can direct you to them. Um, but that's all, and thank you for coming, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the festival.